Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today in history, in 1982, John Hinckley Jr. is found not guilty by reason of insanity for attempting to assassinate President Ronald Reagan. Welcome to What the Fuck History, where we discuss the wackiest and weirdest things that make us say, well, what the fuck history. And you're talking to the monocle-wearing, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing, stagecoach-riding, son-of-a-gun Zachary, and things are gonna get weird tonight. Hell yeah, brother, because my name's Megan, and I am now dubbing myself the new Lord of Hell as Dunk. For those of you that know, you know. Hello again, kids. I'm Matt, and today I learned that you can fit all the planets in the space between Earth and the moon. So the 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 oh. universal taint understood. Yeah. No. Ew. Why? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's the space between. What, who's the butthole? Earth. The moon. Obviously. The moon's the butthole. No. 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 Oh, okay. No, no, we no. got no, two no, no, different no. answers. No. 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 Hold up. It's Earth. Explain your reasoning, and then I'll explain. Okay. Mine. Ready, Zach? Here's my reasoning. Yeah. Have yep. you met other people? Yes, That's I true. have. I have, and they're dicks. Oh, that's why. okay, all right. The oh, moon is the butthole. <laughs> I don't know, dude. They're they're dicks and assholes. So maybe Earth is both. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it's the weirdest taint you've ever seen. <laughs> it's a taint with assholes on every side. Oh no. Anyway. <laughs> oh <laughs> Nothing no. Nothing but assholes, baby. <laughs> Oops, all assholes. Anatomically confusing. <laughs> <laughs> no human is shaped like this. <laughs> Oops, all assholes is just the slogan for humanity. Oops, all assholes is definitely a the great, slogan for humanity. What a great serial name. That would be a great serial name. <laughs> That's what they were going to originally call Cheerios when they were like, I don't know what to call this. <laughs> I don't. Cheerios. I'm not Oops, getting paid enough. Oops, all assholes. It's just anusos. Oops, all assholes. No. Whoops. All, All right. assholes. We oh, should probably geez. get started, huh? Yeah. Yes. All right, everyone. Our strikes have been set to zero. We played a game of rock, paper, scissors. The order for tonight is Zach, followed by Megan, followed by me. What? Wouldn't it be funny if one time I was just like followed by and then I just say a name can... and you guys just have to like wonder who that might be? I feel like the time we invite Steve on this, it's going to be... Megan, followed by Zach, followed by Steve. Yeah. Steve. Or, like, it's a question. Steve? Steve? Yeah. I like that even better. And, then it's, just just, like... and then it's just like, I'll sit this one out, guys. Wait, no, no, no. Let me, let me, let me check my notes. Is that right? Yeah. Steve? Is Steve here? Steve. It's like the Cards Against Humanity card where it's like, bees? Bees? That's, like a, that's one of my winning cards. Like, if you play bees on anything, it wins Dude, automatically. Dude, that reminds me that's of so the fucking, uh, 
there's like a meme or it's a comic strip or it's some other shit where it's just like would you, would you like dessert or bees? And the guy goes, bees? Question mark. The guy's like, he, he chose, chose the bees. bees. Uh, I choose the he bees. He chose every them. Time. I saw, he can't take it back. I saw a different thing on the internet that was like, um, you know, if you freeze a bumblebee, you can then put it in your mouth and it will unthaw and then you will have a bee in your mouth and a person <laughs> responded with, why the fuck would I do that? Why would why you? And for some reason, it just makes me laugh every time I see that particular post. It's just like, hey, did you know that if you froze a bee and put it in your mouth, you'd have a bee in your mouth? Hey. All right. Well, on that note, I'm going to steal the mic from the internet so I can talk about some shit that I found on the internet. Yeah. So, never done before on What the Fuck History, I will be starting my reign as your first and foremost knowledge these next few months on a very specific topic. That's right, for the next few episodes in a row, you shall have the privilege, nay, the honor of hearing about... Cue the music... Heinous Gentlemen of History. Oh, I love heinous gentlemen in history, which is most of them. Yes, but there's an emphasis of gentlemen in my heinous gentlemen of history. I feel like most men view themselves wrongly okay. uh, as gentlemen. I don't mean to derail you. Please go don't, on. You're not derailing me, but let me explain it this way. This is a... True gentleman, not a fedora-tipping milady gentleman. Milady. Tonight, to we will tonight tweet twill fuck me <laughs> up the ass with a roll of quarters. Uh, I love it when Zach yes. trips over his own tongue. Twas the night before podcast, and all through the fuck. Yeah, basically. Tonight's topic will be that of the gray fox, Bill Miner. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, Todd Howard did rob from history, and once again, history does prove to be the better story. Bill was born Ezra Allen Minor, and he was born in 1846, just after Christmas Day on the 27th of December. Just to be clear, in case you don't no. know when fucking Christmas is. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. Um, Bill never actually liked his name of Ezra Allen Miller. Uh, in fact, he hated it. It's but he lot. never got it legally changed. Uh, that's okay, though, because everyone just kind of called him Bill, including myself. Well, so clearly that's how he preferred it. Yeah. Respect people's choice of names. <laughs> End of story. Whether it has to be Bill or not. Uh, yes. So Bill, as far as his childhood goes, doesn't have much importance that goes on there. It's not like, oh, broken home story. He comes from nothing. He does the Gatsby thing. Bullshit. No, that's not happening tonight. He does the Gatsby thing. <laughs> does the Gatsby thing. You mean says, the Gatsby I'm... thing where he stands at the end of a dock pining over a woman that clearly doesn't want him and then gets killed in his own pool? No, I was going to say the Gatsby thing of saying, oh, no, I'm poor. I can't marry you. And his girlfriend going, I don't give a shit about your money. And he going, no, I'm too poor. <laughs> Isn't that the same plot no. as Titanic? Kind of. Mm. <laughs> 
I'm allowed to shit on The Great Gatsby, though. It is my favorite fucking novel. <laughs> That's so funny because my mom fucking hates that uh, book, and she had to go to summer school because she hated it so much. I love it, but I hate that everyone doesn't understand it's about the corruption of the American dream and how it's bullshit. Hey, we are so far <laughs> off the track right now. Oh, but we're going to talk about the purity of the American dream in Bill Miner's life. Okay. I do love the purity so, of the American dream. Bill Miner became famous when he grew up, uh, and he became famous because, well, what did Bill do when he was told he could be anything? What did he decide to do? Any guesses? He became a crimesman. A crimesman, as they call them. <laughs> He was told he could be anything, and he became a stagecoach robber. Yeah, uh, yeah a crimesman. That's what they a called him. A crimesman, if you will. Yes. Well, that's what so, they called them back in the day. Hey, how Absolutely. did you get this money? Oh, me? Here's my W-2 for being a crimesman employed at Crimes Incorporated. <laughs> that's so nice that even though you took this money, um, you decided to fill out a tax return for them. Oh, no, no, no. I do terrible amounts of tax fraud. This fill form is filled out poorly. <laughs> this form is filled uh, out I don't know if you horribly. heard, but my title is Crimesman. <laughs> All I, can think I of have is fucking claimed gravity many people falls. as dependents. Yeah. yeah, Gravity Falls with Grunkle Stan. No, I've committed terrible tax fraud. <laughs> <laughs> Fraud. Grunkle Stan, why does it say tax fraud on your returns? Because I did tax fraud. Oh, he's he's uh, upfront about man. it. So yeah. was was our was our man Billy Bob uh, so upfront about Billy Bob, about... not Thornton. <laughs> um, so yeah, he ends up getting arrested uh, for crimes a number of times, <laughs> including the first time so in 1866. Funny. I just love the blanket. He gets arrested for crimes. <laughs> I said he did crimes. I didn't say he was good no, at them. No, I know, but I just think it's like he got arrested for crimes because the list is so expansive. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yes. Lots of robbery. 90% robbery. Mostly robbery, robbery on Oops, his resume. Oops, all robbery. <laughs> Oops, all Oops, robbery. all robbery. Yeah, so, but he gets arrested for his first time in 1866, which is at the ripe old age of 20. And honestly, he's putting us all to shame because he's already going hard robbing the rich and he's only 20. Life goals. He's Robin Hood. Not quite. He doesn't really give it back to anybody. He's just like, mine, please. Yeah, no, rob from the rich, give to the me. It's Robin Hood. <laughs> exactly. But Bill gets caught and released three times before he's like, you know what? You know what? Maybe I'm not cut out to be a crimesman. No, I'm he says maybe the, the American spin. dream's bullshit and I'm going to move to Canada. Ah, doing crimes in Canada. Doing Canada crimes. Canada-related crimes. All maple syrup and moose, baby. A? Yeah. A? So he moves to British Columbia, Canada. What's that um, about? Where, what's that about? Oh jeez. I'm not I'm not getting in on that. That's a uh, It's the low-hanging fruit, huh, Megan? We yeah, we say that with all the love fruit. and adoration for the Canadian people. Mm. Yeah. So, he does what he does best in Canada and well, he starts a robin again. Here I go, Robin again. There he goes. We're going to get to the killing like part. fucking Rick and Morty though. Here I go. Yeah, Robin that's again. that's actually. Remember that you said that, man. Okay. Remember that you said Mind that. Mind like Put a steel in, trap. I've got. 
Put that in your mind palace. Yeah. Um, but he actually commits the first stage train robbery in British Columbia history on September 10th, 1904. Woo! Good for him. So he's got some, he's got some stuff under his belt. Um, and he attempts another train robbery, but it kind of goes bad. It doesn't, it doesn't go good for old Bill. So Bill and his two accomplices go to rob a payroll train, but they end up jumping onto the wrong car. And instead of leaving, yeah, they fucked it up. They, some, someone gave them bad intel. They fucked it up. So instead of leaving with the entire payroll, they come off the train with $15, which is maybe uh, like $500-ish in today's money. Inflation yeah, calculators guess. don't go back to like 1904, so uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And a bottle of kidney pills, which what I can't what? tell if those pills were made from kidney or if they were pills for your kidney. Yes. I don't understand. Either way, snake oil. Yep. What does that mean? What are kidney pills? I mean, they they probably help regulate the kidney in a completely probably. made up way because nothing. And this really is the works. old west, so it's probably just cocaine. That's true. Oh yeah, you got problems with your kidneys. You should do <laughs> cocaine about it. Exactly. You just need to speed up your metabolism with cocaine. Excuse cocaine. me, sir. You said your kidneys are broken. Have you tried cocaine? <laughs> So a, a posse ends up finding and arresting the group of three men after a very long manhunt. And this arrest and trial of Bill Minor becomes a media spectacle. Everybody's covering it. Everybody's talking about it. And it goes so far in the media that apparently Minor uh, rises to Minor. <laughs> Play on words. <laughs> Celebrity. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I'm going to give you a strike for that one. (laughs) Fine. I take it. But he ends up rising to some celebrity status. And he is transported to jail because he was arrested. Mm. And when he's getting transported to jail on a train, I think the irony is baffling. But he's getting transported to jail on a train. And all these people come up to be like, Bill, we love what you do. You're great. Keep a Robin. Good luck in life. Keep Robin. (laughs) So, Bill ends up escaping jail in 1907 and was never recaptured in British Columbia or all of Canada because he's like, you know what? I fucked up the Canada thing. I'm moving back to the United States. I fucked up the whole Canada thing. (laughs) I fucked up the whole Canada. It's ruined for me. I did a big oops in Canada, so I'll go back to the United States. Who hasn't done a big oops in Canada? I've never been to Canada. I've never been to Canada, so... Oh, Zach okay. and I just are going to go then. to Canada together and do a big oops. And just oops all Canada. Oops. <laughs> so he does what he does best and goes back to the States and starts a robin and a stealing, Ooh. leading to multiple arrests and two more escapes from jail. Hey. The dude is a slippery bastard. Love it. He's like the greased up pig. <laughs> He's the greased watermelon of people. Yes. Uh, Bill Miner does end up dying in prison, though, from gastritis because he drank some bad water in an escape attempt. He should have had those kidney pills. I feel like... Should have had those kidney pills. Your butthole's broken. You should do cocaine about it. What water was good water back in the day? Yeah, Yeah, but it was like... It was like brackish water, so like... That's all water at that point. Okay, fair, but still, he dies. End of story. Anyway, he dies. And now I hear what you're saying. 
Zachary, I thought this was supposed to be about historical gentlemen. This was just a semi-famous robber. What's the deal? And I hear you. (laughs) I hear you loud and clear. The voices in my head saying, what the fuck? There's no gentleman meatling about this. So let me explain. Uh Yeah, I'm here. The reason that Bill Miner is important and more than some common ruffian is that Bill did not only did the robbery and the stealing, and Matt, to your point, here I go a killing again, Mm -hmm. as he was robbing and stealing, was apparently incredibly polite. To the point where some people did not even mind that they were being robbed by Bill because he was so nice. What a sweet man. As long as you're doing it respectfully. More often than not, and he tried his best, Bill would hit payroll trains and stagecoaches, which meant that most of the money that he stole was most likely insured. So no one loses out except for the big banks, and I mean, fuck the banks and the corpos. Am Amen, I right? brother! Absolutely. Also, Bill instructed his gang that they were only to use guns when necessary and only as tools of intimidation. They wow. were never to kill a man. No killing in Bill's gang. Wow. People should tell the police now not to do that. Right? <laughs> Bill doesn't believe in killing. He saw robberies as any other nine to five at Robbery Incorporated <laughs> and other. wanted to be in and out, causing as little harm and discomfort as possible to the people he was robbing. He's like a 40 hour a week is a 40 hour a week. Am I right? Am I right? Am I right? So he gets his name the Gray Fox because he was not seen as a common thug. As I said, people loved this guy. You got robbed by Bill Miner and you were expected incredible hospitality as well as for him to get in, get out, no problems, no one gets hurt. You just hand over some money and he's like, okay, thank you for your time. I feel like you get, like, you hand over the money to have a story out of it, right? Pretty like, much. Next time, next time you go to the smoking room with the lads, it's just like, mm, last week I was robbed. By who? Bill Miner. Oh, he was a gentleman. <laughs> yeah, what a gentleman. Gafoff, gafoff, gafoff. Um, finally, and this is the best part to me. Bill Miner is actually credited as the originator of the phrase, hands up. Ooh. Oh. He didn't want to hurt anyone. He just wanted to get in, get his job done, and politely thank you for your time and cooperation in the matter. Welcome to the bank of Walmart. Get your shit and get out. Yeah. So he was just this dude who was like, I also love that he was in Canada because it feels like the Canadian thing to be like, sorry, robbing you. Yeah, sorry about this. Sorry Sorry about this. (laughs) Like, and not to make fun of Canadian accents any more than we already have. But like... That ship has sailed. Why are you apologizing right now? I will backpedal for the Canadians. I will not backpedal for the the French. That is my... This will not be the last time. Fair enough. But I just, I like this story and I like this guy because he was like, I'm I'm not good at anything else. Yeah, he's a gentleman crimesman. Yeah, he's just a gentleman yeah. crimesman. And yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah, I think that's nice. Like, I feel as though um, no one wants to do crimes like that anymore. No one wants to work anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I agreed up until you said that. No one wants to work anymore. No, the, uh, no one wants to commit crimes. The crimes have been increased to like a grander scale now. 
Yeah, I just feel like white-collar crimes are so boring. Like, it's too much cocaine and too many business suits and, like, not enough trains and not enough face-to-face interaction. Not enough robberies. Yeah, there's just, like, not enough high-stake robberies where, like, you could just walk into a bank or a train and be like, put your hands up, I want the money. Yeah, so what we're saying basically is don't do crimes because they're illegal and we have to say that for legal purposes. But if you're going to do crimes, one of two things. Be gay and do crimes or be be gentlemanly and do crimes. (laughs) That's so true. You can do those two things but not white-collar crimes because then I'll make fun of you and it's not cute. It's not a cute look. Absolutely. But I take this mic that I stole from the internet to talk about things on the internet and I drop the mic. Therefore, I receive. I, I, I give my time. I want to pick it up. I cede my time. Okay. I'm gonna pick it up. Um, and I'm gonna gonna jump into my story that I did write today. Uh, okay. Did you? Are you ready for the title? Yes. Yes. It's called "The Vicious Crimes of Lobster Boy." Okay, I'm intrigued already. You need a secondary female lead in there, and you have the sequel to Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Which appara- is... apparently they're making a sequel. If you didn't know already, did. I already didn't out. know did that. Yeah. But oh. but I'm here. So this is more like a prequel. I feel okay. to Shark okay. Boy and Lava, like the violent prequel. Ooh, yes, um, the Quentin Tarantino prequel, the Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah, I like. I wish it was like what you're imagining, but like it really isn't. So I'm going to jump in and start us off with. I don't think we talk about lobsters enough. We sure don't on okay. this show. It's probably because um, I'm allergic, though. Yeah, oh. that's probably it. So I'm guessing my next question, my my open call, if you will. Um, do you guys have any lobster facts? And if so, you speak now or forever hold your peace. Um, yeah, lobsters can live forever, ostensibly. Okay, that's Lobsters, good. the only reason they die is that they can't produce a shell that's big enough. So theoretically, if they could, we would have kaiju lobsters. Yeah, that's basically what I just said. Yeah, okay, I'm just expounding on it. That's really good. I like the that fact because it technically was a fact, but but from, from both of you. us, yeah, yes. we just pig pile. Yeah, they also the... mate for life. Do they oh, really? That's... Yeah, I think so. That's an interesting they... thing. Uh, you can put them to sleep by putting them on their back and stroking their tummies. I feel like you're killing them somehow with that move. I don't know. Well, so you're also supposed to boil them alive and hear their screams before you eat. Back them. in the uh, like back in the that. day when we used to do lobster bakes in Maine, my older brother would put them to sleep and then he'd throw them in the pot. Oh. Um. Wow. I hear you, and that seems like the humane thing to do. I hear you. Well, I mean, but I need to hear the agonized screams of my enemy before I devour them. Yeah, it's... okay. I don't. I don't know what they did to you, but um, they were so delicious. Think... That's what they did to me. Yeah, even though I'm sure, allergic right. to that them, was... I will still eat lobster. That's not what we're after okay so now um that we have talked a lot about lobsters i won't be talking about lobsters but your story had lobster boy in the title well well listen listen i'm getting to it i won't be talking about lobster lobsters but i will be talking about the trials and tribulations and yes crimes of lobster boy of lobster boy the first america's first great 
superhero? Yes. No. Okay. Can <laughs> I can I just not. can I just say one thing? Yeah, please go on. Is this just a person like the fictional character, the penguin from Batman, who turned evil because he had a small deformity and we as a society were like, ew, disgusting. Almost. Oh shit. Oh, kind of. Kind of. It was the yeah, inspiration so... for the penguin. It might have been the inspiration. My second question is, can we get Danny DeVito to play him in the biopic? I mean, Maybe. I think you're already grandizing Lobster Boy. Um, Let me so, dream, Megan. I want to know no, more about I, Lobster Boy. Yeah, so I'm going to debunk your dreams right now. Um, Lobster Boy, like many other people, had a real name. Yeah. Um, and it was Grady Styles. Uh, he was born in 1937 to a family of proud lobster men um, uh. or, or – people who had inherited like a hereditary disease called ectrodactyl, which fuses the fingers together into what looked like lobster like a big claws. Claw? Yeah, like okay. big claws. So he had it on both of his hands. Like some people only get it on one hand, he had it on both. Yeah, so he was a lobster. Um, he was a lobster. Uh, Grady's case was severe because not only were his hands fused, but so were his feet, so he couldn't walk. He was a mermaid, too. Uh, he was like a four-clawed lobster. Okay, okay. So, yeah, he had separate legs. It's just like his tootsies were also claws. <laughs> his um, tootsies. His, his, Continue. He got clawed tootsies, you know? Uh, for for most of his life, um, he, he had to be in a wheelchair because uh, he, he couldn't walk. Um, and when he was old enough, he joined his family in a traveling carnival as a sideshow attraction. So it was like him, his dad, who also had this, and, um, I believe his, one of his other siblings did. So it was like, and I believe his grandfather also had it as well. So it really ran in his family. Well, clearly um, he didn't run in his family. Well, oh, no That's one, a strike. Yeah, fine. Really run <laughs> What? Why are you so mad? You, that no, came I know. Out of your I, mouth. I did deserve it. Yeah, I channeled um, so, my inner Steve. Yeah, you definitely did. You saw an opportunity. You really took it. I commend you for taking it. But hmm. <laughs> what? What's that meme where it's just like, "Hey, you don't have to take it easy, but you should take it." <laughs> it's like, whoa. <laughs> um. So, uh, Grady primarily used his upper body to get himself around in both his wheelchair and, like, when he didn't want to use his wheelchair and he was just sitting on the floor, like, just, like, across the floor. So, he acquired a ton of upper body strength. Like, every day was arm day for this dude. Guy like, was yoked. I, yeah, dude. Like, he was a beef boy. He was, a, he was like Larry the Lobster, you know? <laughs> That's why they call him like, Lobster Boy. Yeah, that's why they call him Lobster Boy. Way before SpongeBob, they were like, "There's gonna be a, there's gonna be a cartoon with this beefy lobster." You're, you're, you're that. that guy. Yeah. So old Iron Arms over here um, also had another problem. Very tiny people. Or two. Uh, maybe it's never specified. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but he did have a bad temper, and he did suffer from alcoholism which are uh notoriously two things that don't really go well yeah, together you don't really want to blend i mean those if i was 
called The Lobster Boy, I might be a little pissed off at the world, too. I'm just I think, saying. I think I would be mad once I hit 18, and then I'd be like, um, excuse me, is Lobster Man now? <laughs> and then if people kept calling me Lobster Boy, I'd, like, develop a complex, and maybe the alcoholism would have been justified. But, uh, anyway, so, um... Uh, so he had a bad temper, alcoholism, we got the lobster claws, and he's he's employed at the carnival, just to sum up, um, but even, you know, though he was part of the carnival and he traveled around, it did not stop him from falling in love, and getting married, and having two Lobster babies. Yeah, maybe. It wasn't really specified whether his kids had inherited, um... Lobsteritis? lobsteritis uh however as time went on uh his alcoholism did worsen yeah. uh and he lashed out and began beating his wife and children so lobster boy might be a piece of shit okay, uh famously might be the second he thing is a piece of shit a woman, you're right as a lobster you're, right. you're a piece as, of shit <laughs> only as a lobster though <laughs> Um, famously, when his teenage daughter fell in love with someone that Grady didn't approve of, he waited until the eve of their wedding before murdering her fiance. Nice. Oh, that's not Probably. an overreaction at all. <laughs> Maybe with his lobster claws. I don't know. Probably. Uh, I, well, I was, like, thinking, like, maybe did he... Because it's not really specified, like, how he did it. There's I was like, maybe he strangled him. not very specified, but he probably, was, you know, crushed his neck with the big lobster claw that can do that. Yeah, big lobster claw. What do you mean, other things? Uh, all I said was, I don't know the size of the no, pee-pee. You... Like... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck! Uh, you no. also said that it wasn't specified whether or not his kids had lobsteritis. Oh yeah, sorry. The only other it's thing I can think of things that. that are not specified. I feel like the penis size shouldn't be brought against me. No, it absolutely. <laughs> I feel like should. we should just not talk about it anymore. We should probably move on from the size of his peep. His peep. Um. Anyway. <laughs> so. <laughs> At the trial, uh, Grady expressed zero remorse. He didn't even try to defend himself either. Uh, all he said was that no jail would be able to accommodate him and his deformity. And the jury presumably was like, dude, he's right. This is like 1978 and we have no idea how to deal with this. So we just we should just let him go home. Oh um, all I can think of is the fucking meme video where it's like fucking goofy. He's like murdered a bunch of people. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah I did it. Yeah, I'll do it again. Yeah. That so that was essentially him, and his whole his whole defense was just like, yeah, but you really want to deal with this in like uh like a penitentiary, and they're like, no, we don't want. <laughs> You're deal right. With we that. don't want to have to deal with any issues, so we're just yeah. gonna let you, a crazed murderer, leave. You're right. Yeah. So we're they bad at this. They let him leave. They, they just let him leave again? and they put him. So, no, uh, no. They put him under house arrest for and, and probation for 15 years. 15 years. Um, 15 Damn. years for murder. Like, un, unremorseful murder. So, if I equip a lobster claw in my inventory <laughs> yep. and then I yep, kill that's... my daughter's fiance, yes. I can just say that your prison can't hold me and they'll go, you know what? <laughs> You're right. <laughs> in 1974, apparently, yeah. Yeah, I just have to go back like in this... time, and then my murder would be justified. 
Honestly, it really would. Like, if you had any type of, like, difference, they'd be like, the prisons are not made for you, specifically, so you can go home. And we're just gonna... Uh, but we're gonna keep you. an eye on you. Yeah. We're just gonna keep an eye on you, maybe. I don't know. Uh, so, during the trial, his wife had filed for divorce because her husband was a lobster clawed abuser. Um, I... I won't apologize for that description. Yeah. Uh, and he did stop drinking, though, for a time after the trial, uh, which inexplicably made his wife decide to remarry him. Uh-huh. Uh, like a psycho. Uh-huh. She was like, I can fix it. And him. then he lobster clawed um, all over the place. Yeah, then he lo- unsurprisingly lobster clawed uh, everywhere. He resumed drinking, and the abuse only got worse. So, in 1992, his wife and her son from a previous marriage hired their neighbor to kill Grady for $1,500, which back then was, like, enough to buy a house, I assume, given inflation. Um, And the neighbor was convicted of second-degree murder and sentenced to 27 years in prison, while the son was given life, and the wife was given 43 years for conspiracy to commit murder. Wow. Yeah, uh, so no one denied that they had killed Grady, and on trial, his his wife recounted the years of abuse, saying that she feared that Grady would kill her and her entire family, and, like, honestly, it feels like Lobster Boy and his crimes won in the end, even if he did end up dead, like... No, his crimes was... were definitely the winner, because all he got was fucking house arrest. Yeah, yeah. he got house, house arrest. arrest, he, could, like, probation. went back home... Like, continued living his life. Like, he murdered someone. And, like, someone that didn't do anything to him, right? Like, he just didn't like the dude. And meanwhile, these three people are like, yeah. We also don't like a dude. Yeah, but he, that dude's been beating the shit out of us. So, I I, I mean, minus the neighbor. I think there is something to say about the cycle of abuse and how, like, it's hard to remove yourself from abusive situations like that. Like, it's not great she remarried him. 10 out of 10 would not suggest, but also... Uh, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I feel like it is one of those things where it's like, you end up getting caught in that cycle of abuse. Yeah, and I get that too. Like, she probably didn't have... Because she joined the carnival, right, when she was younger, when she first met him. Yeah. Um, and like that was probably like her whole social circle cuz even when I was reading um one of the articles about this it was just like her family and his family and like all of her friends did, could not give you an explanation as to why she did this. Like they were just as confused as we are sitting here like 30 years removed. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's also one of those things that, like, you know, when, like, two people break up and you're like, who gets the friends in the divorce? <laughs> who gets the friends in the But, like, when your whole life is this one section and you're like, well, I could literally lose everything. Like, again, don't justify going back to an abuser. Like, it's not a great thing. Not a great time. Like, if you can break that cycle of abuse, do it. But at the same time, it's like, how do I start over an entire life with these children? Like, that's a lot. That's a lot. 
Yeah, and, like, I guess it's a lot easier looking from the outside in, right, and being like, just don't do the thing. Yeah. Uh, But, Now, do I think that murder is the, like, solution? (laughs) Maybe not. Historically not. Historically not, but also, like... Historically very easy to get caught for conspiring to commit murder. That's true. Also, like, just go live up on a hill. Yeah. Definitely. Like he can't, he can't get. He to can't you. climb he that. He can't get up the hill. He can't get. Just there. make it a really a steep point. hill. Yeah, like make sure the grade is is such a way that he share. can't climb it with his monster. Put stairs around. up to the hill. Oh yeah, surrounded like, by the stairs. one enemy. No, because he he did have strong arms, so he could climb. He had strong arms. Yeah, he could climb. So it would have to be like a a. Fortress. It would have to be a slant. It'd have to be a fortress, and you could roll get a, like how, a rock. Get a moat. Roll a rock down. All right, um, I'm gonna do my thing now. Is that cool? <laughs> I like how we're trying to workshop this, and then there's just like a moment of silence. We're just like, yeah, big rock, yeah, big rock, big, rock, big moat. Yeah. Done. All right, Sisyphus, that bad boy. Um, so my story is kind of unique, but it also has to deal with con men. Um, we've got three stories of crime. Crime time, baby. In uh, the year of our Lord, 1883, the Brooklyn Bridge was completed in the bustling city of New York. And shortly thereafter, a young man by the name of George C. Parker gets a bright idea to try and sell the Brooklyn Bridge. Ooh, liking this already. Uh, Parker would essentially find immigrants that were fresh to the city and told them that the bridge had been approved for tolls and that the buyer could make a fortune by setting up a toll booth on the bridge. So, for, like, super wealthy people... So he he would change his stratagem based on, like, who he was talking to and how wealthy they looked... But, like, immigrants that had just gotten off the boat and looked fairly poor, he would, like, ask for $50 and tell them to set up a toll booth. For people that looked wealthier, the highest, as far as the research that I did, uh, was, like, $50,000. And instead of trying to sell them a toll booth, uh, he was trying to sell them the bridge. Okay. So essentially, he was basically just like, yo, if you own this bridge, you can just set up a toll booth wherever and it'll pay for itself eventually. Hey, have you considered buying this big fat Hey, I don't know much about (laughs) bridges or tolls. Slaps top of bridge. (laughs) This bridge can fit so many many cars on it. Um, So cops would often have to be the ones to break the news to immigrants as they showed up to, like, build a toll booth at the end of the Brooklyn Bridge, um, telling them that they were not allowed to construct a toll booth. And uh, they would have to, like, walk away defeated, and they would obviously never get their money back. Interestingly enough, though, this was not the only landmark that Parker tried to sell to tourists. Uh, He also sold Madison Square Garden, the Metropolitan Museum of Art, Grant's Tomb, the Statue of Liberty. (laughs) But... Oh, all of the good good things. But none of them were as lucrative for him as the Brooklyn Bridge was. 
So he dropped pretty much all of the other landmark scams and focused solely on the Brooklyn Bridge full-time, in essence making it his full-time job selling the Brooklyn Bridge to people. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah, I would do that too if I, if I really crunched the numbers. Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, this Brooklyn Bridge thing is really, it's paying off. So he would do it twice a week. And as I said, his totals or his charges would range from like $50 to like 50000 Again, that's in my research. I don't know if it's accurate or like if someone misplaced a zero and it was only 5000 Because 50000 back in 1883 is an absurd amount of money. That's got to be a misplaced zero. So it must be a misplaced zero. So let's let's just go with 5,000. But either way, it's a good chunk of change that this guy's making. And he, as I mentioned, started in 1883. Can you guess how long it took for him to get caught? Can you guess the year that he ended? I think he didn't get caught. He died with this money. You think? All right. What was the start year again? 1883, a little while after the Brooklyn Bridge was built. Okay, 1883. Oh, God. I want to... He was 20 at the time that he started, by the way. Okay, okay. I'm going to say it took, like, an obscene amount of time to catch him. 30 years. You're not far off. Uh, 31. Price is right. (laughs) Stop. He was finally caught in 1928. So if you got that correct, congratulations. If you didn't, please take your certificate of ownership of the Brooklyn Bridge and go. Also, I do want to say that $5,000 in 1883. Today that's worth $144,700. Oh yeah, so not even enough to buy a house. Um, Okay, but no, no, hear me out. (laughs) You said he was doing this twice. Twice a week. A week. If I was making, hold on, $144,700 times two yeah if i was making two hundred eighty-nine thousand four hundred dollars a week yeah but oh, that's on the high end i could afford a house next okay, but like say you year. do that you do that yeah for four weeks and you luck out uh-huh. you have over a million dollars in a month yeah but that's in today's money yeah no but like you know what i'm saying like that that's it, the buying power of a million dollars yeah. in today's money in one month in one month yeah in one and he just month. Kept doing that's it. crazy um so he eventually gets caught for his crimes and he's given a life sentence to be carried out in sing sing prison but what i found most interesting about this scam is that it wasn't unique 
to New York. And that is a tongue twister. So... You nailed it, though. I did. Proud of um, you. So you in did. 1925, a gentleman tried and succeeded in selling construction contracts to companies in France to repair the Eiffel Tower. The scam centered on the basis that the French were contemplating destroying the Eiffel Tower because they could not afford to repair it. Um, I don't remember the name of the gentleman, but he did it. Uh, he did it once and got paid a hundred thousand dollars, and then he fled. But the contractors never reported it to the police, and then he did it again and charged a hundred thousand dollars. And that got reported to the police, but by then he was already gone. <laughs> I mean, that's he, the smart play. Get in, get your hundred thousand dollars, get the get fuck, the fuck out. out. And in he England, was like that gif. Oh yeah, right. That gif where like the kids give him the peace sign, and then he just like disappears. <laughs> just oh yeah, the peace sign, and then he just disappears. Ghosts out. That is a that's one of my favorite gift sets. Um, so in England, yeah, so after good. my second favorite world war. Uh, a Scottish actor named Arthur Ferguson used to sell landmarks to Americans, claiming that he had been sent by the Prime Minister to recoup some of the finances lost to the war. So he would charge $5,000 for Big Ben, $30,000 for Nelson's Column in Trafalgar Square, and $10,000 or £10,000 uh, for Buckingham Palace itself. Jeez. So, um, the reason though, that I kind of wanted to bring this up is, and it's more germane to, uh, Arthur Ferguson here in the last one, but it was essentially, he just gave them a certificate of ownership and this, this to me kind of just feels like NFTs. It's, it's just old timey NFTs. It's just old timey NFTs where someone basically like you pay millions of dollars or the equivalent yeah. of hundreds of thousands of dollars for someone to give you a certificate that says that you own this piece of land or that you own this picture or that you own this thing and you don't get to take it home with you. You don't get to alter it or move it at all. It's you, it's just ludicrous to me that such a thing it's like the same thing as like where it's like you can be a lord in Scotland if you just buy this one cubic foot square of land in Scotland. Right, exactly. Except you didn't actually get the title of lord by purchasing Big Ben from a con man. Right. But I I just thought it was funny because essentially nowadays people are buying pictures on the internet that like are supposed to hold this incredible value. But the basis of that value makes absolutely Absolute no sense no at all sense. well also like you're not really gaining anything right right yeah because like, i don't really understand i'm not gonna lie like i don't really understand nfts so completely. the way that i've the way that i've heard it described and i'll i'll describe it to you just so that i mean if Please. it makes a little bit more sense after this description it's fine so you have the mona lisa right and yes. essentially, you pay the Louvre, the Louvre, which houses the Mona Lisa, and you pay like a million dollars, and they say, "Okay, you now own the Mona Lisa." 
And you say, great, you. can we package it up and take it home? And it's like, no, 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 no. It'll still be housed here. We're just going to hang this certificate next to the Mona Lisa that says that you own it. And that certificate will stay there until someone outbids you or until you sell the Mona Lisa to someone else. So essentially, so an NFT is saying that you own a piece of art and there's supposed to be like coding in the piece of art that specifies you as the owner and then you can sell it to other people for more money, apparently. But I don't see how then, any of them are any more valuable than anything else. It's well, like a stock, too, but the company doesn't make anything. Yeah, like, the other thing, too, is, like, it's shitty art. Yeah, no, yeah. it's, like, MS Paint. Like, it's in, Yeah, it's, like, intentionally shitty art that has been given, like, this inflated value, which, like is what like the whole fine arts industry like the high-end fine arts industry is it's like giving something inflated value for no reason but like isn't there this thing too that within the code every time the thing is sold like whoever made the code also gets paid i'm not probably i I really don't know because i haven't blockchain because i haven't i'm an idiot really like (laughs) i don't I haven't really researched it enough because the whole thing annoys me. I even wrote in my yeah. notes because I've been doing like editor's notes since Zach told us um, that we were going to be publishing these on our Patreon. Um, I said, uh, if you are a member of our audience and a crypto bro, I need you to know that I don't fucking care. I mean, that's completely Stop trying unfair. to explain like... NFTs to me. Like this yeah, is just, this is it, the equivalent that I that I found. It's essentially like like a person just sells you something that has no real meaning outside of the space that you're So like if you're going you're, to New York and you say, "Oh, I own the Brooklyn Bridge." It's like, "Okay, cool." But if you're talking to someone like in Spain and you're like, "Oh, I own the Brooklyn Bridge." They're like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah, Yeah. I guess, like, with the, like, if you did manage to, like, buy one of these landmarks, though, right? Like, the Brooklyn Bridge or the Statue of Liberty or whatever. At least, like, you can interact with those things in the real world. And, like, they do add value to, like, other aspects in life. And they could potentially, like, make you more money on a day-to-day basis. Whereas NFTs their value feels so made up and inflated that like it's meaningless yeah well like, the, the brooklyn bridge has a value right? yeah like, of course like materials. it's a physical landmark yeah it's a landmark like people value it it's used like the materials that it costs to make it like cost actual money whereas an nft is like what what did that cost you like 20 minutes and ms paint and like however long it took to set up the blockchain like i'm not gonna lie i just like don't i don't respect the hustle (laughs) there's no hustle in it that's why i don't respect it. yeah and you shouldn't respect the hustle because it's dumb as shit but yeah i just thought it was i thought it was funny that you know People back in the day used to sell landmarks to gullible people, and nowadays we have people selling MS Paint artwork, if it can be called that, to gullible people. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, internet psychopaths like Gary Vee 
who are going out saying that NFT are going to be like this big thing while we're seeing the exact opposite happen as no one is being able to sell. I think I heard a story a while back of a guy that bought an NFT for like a million dollars and had to sell it for a hundred and ten. Million? No. Or thousand? No. A hundred and ten dollars. dollars. Oh. Oh. Because like because it had that. no value. Like none of it has value. Yeah, like I don't. Well, it and I think like from a historical standpoint, like people have been running cons forever, right? And like. Yeah nfts and uh, uh people will fight me on this crypto are like the next logical step yeah in the con right yeah like the con just gets more advanced and more difficult for like normal people to get in on but i don't know i think like there is nuance in old cons because like you had to be face to face with people yeah and you know know how to be an actor while doing that like right. i have to look you in the eye and lie, and to, lie you. to you yeah i don't yeah. respect nfts and bitcoin cons right i respect a well thought out grift because there's an art to the grift yeah but you yeah. can't be some two-bit hustler doing an nft yeah you have to know what you're doing to be a grifter that's like i similarly don't appreciate all the like indian phone scammers that happen oh, where like, it's yeah. just yeah. like just all you? you're targeting is old people who are very very like they don't know technology so they don't know to question what you're doing yeah, yeah. like it's just you know like a, a knee-jerk reaction you're you're preying on the gullible right? and the technologically illiterate like these old yeah. con and, yeah. men could just walk up to people and be like hey you're new i'm obviously the owner of the brooklyn bridge yeah, yeah. like again yeah, not I, great to scam people but if you're gonna do it make it cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's i guess that's what i'm saying like i and I say this, like, sitting in my house, like, being ensconced in safety, but the stories that I like from history are the ones where, like, the grifters come up with this massive elaborate plan, or the, the crimesmen come up with, like, an elaborate heist, and, like, they yeah. manage to get away with it, and maybe there's a mystery surrounding it. Whereas I feel like the cons today... Uh, whether whether we're talking about NFTs or crypto or even like um, giant Ponzi schemes like the whole Theranos thing with yeah. um, Elizabeth Holmes, it just feels like there's no love for it. There's no there's, love for the game. There's no love for the game in this. Like there, I don't know. It just feels super empty. Yeah, there's I agree. no soul in it. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, that was it. a good story though i thought like i think it's you know interesting to draw the connections um between like the evolution i guess if you will between you know you have you have zach's story right where you, the guy's literally getting on a train and saying like give me your money but in the most polite way possible <laughs> my story where it's like hey i you know murder <laughs> you know we can do that and then yours where you know we're, i'm gonna we're swindle hustling. you but like gonna it's gonna be a good you. swindle yeah crimes throughout the centuries if you yeah. will 
But before we dive too deep into how much we hate NFTs and respecting the grift. We've, uh, we've dived too far already. It's too late. It's time to surface. And I'm going to surface with a couple of things. Um, first off, thank you for listening to What the Fuck History. It's always fun to make these with uh, Matt and Megan. I love it dearly. Um, but if you have a chance, actually, if and not even if you have a chance, this takes two seconds. So please just go do it. Uh, you can follow us on our socials uh, on on Instagram. We're the underscore triumvirate underscore productions on Twitter. We are at triumvirate underscore pod. Uh, and also, if you have a chance, give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. You can be like ALS Runa or RL Lakes, who gave us some really great reviews on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and it helps us because it puts us up in the charts and gives us more visibility. So that way we don't have to tell you to go share it with your friends. You're kind of doing that with sharing it with the world. We love that. Um, and also, we do have our Patreon where you can sign up to, you know, Give us a little bit of that financial help. We're not grifting you. We're giving you goods. We, dude, we assure you we're not grifting you. Please. It's not a grift. There are goods and services. You can do And then thing. at episode 500, like, haha, I got him. That would be hilarious. Um, but yeah, so like we have three different tiers. The one strike tier where it's just, you know, you want to help us out a little bit. The two strike tier where you not only get our undying gratitude, but you also get our after show, What the Fuck After Dark. Uh, and three strikes, if you're feeling real lucky, you get the uncut episodes, What the Fuck After Dark, and also, as Matt has mentioned, our show notes. So yeah, if you could just quickly give us a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and go follow us on our socials, that would be, you know, hunky-dory of you. I'm going to bring back an old bit. Yeah. Share us. Oh my God. And with that so creepy much. Matt note, yes, give us a share. Tell your friends. Tell your friends about us. But most importantly, ask them this question. Yeah. What the fuck, history? And now for your listening pleasure, a preview of What the Fuck After Dark. Here. Count us out. Count us okay. out. Uh, are we actually stopping though, or are we like? Are we? Yeah, I just oh, need a, to know. Yeah, that's right. a good question. Well, I mean, no, I don't know. Like, do we want to talk? Or, I mean, I know Zach had to leave like immediately after the podcast yeah, after the last week. One. I mean, I could chill for a little bit. Do we want to keep talking? I mean, we, can... we don't have to stop just now. Yeah, right. yeah, we can keep it going. I'll don't stop the recording. Don't, don't stop. Like, believe. Don't in... stop this recording. <laughs> <laughs> we're a nightmare sometimes and i love it i know we're such chaos goblins we are chaos goblins chaos goblins line cooks the, <laughs> the male version of the the pixie girl the manic pixie girl it's i'm chaos so confused as to what you just said 
So I I was like reading this this post the other day. And it's like, what's the male equivalent of a manic pixie girl? And someone was like, chaos goblin line cook. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I was just well, because like you look at Megan Fox, right, and and Machine Gun Kelly, and you're just like, yeah, yep, yeah. No, I get that. There it is. You know. So like she's. I also think of like there was a post where some guy was like, you know how there's that whole thing where it's like. Buy wife energy with golden retriever gamer boy. Buy wife <laughs> energy. <laughs> but like they were like, but also there's just the dynamic in a relationship where it's the witch and her swordsman, and I'm like, yeah, yeah that's no, true. Uh, agreed, agreed. The yeah, a thousand percent. The best romance in the world, and I will say this till the day I die, which is Morticia and Gomez Adams is just a that's witch true. and her swordsman. Okay, my favorite so, thing about uh, the Adams family is like, and I know that this isn't real because gods, how could it be? But I saw God's... like an old script, and yeah. again, it's it's fake, and I've probably posted this in our D and D chat. But it was, uh, I saw an old script that was just like, it needs to be implied that Morticia and Gomez fuck. Like, every <laughs> word, every word that they say is just dripping with sexual tension. And it's not like they angry fuck each other or that they're like, no. they hate fuck, but that they no. absolutely love just taking a night and going to town on each other okay can we just talk about how that a is perfectly done in the 90s adam's family like raul julia fucking kills as usual but like not only they're like good loving partners to each other they're such good parents like involved with their children's lives like i know dude so did have you guys ever did you guys watch the animated um like the new animated Adamus family movies? I couldn't bring myself to do it because it's not Raul Julia. Okay, that's that's fair, but I did watch them and like in in both movies, like Wednesday has a problem, like with her with her parents. Like in the first one she has a problem specifically with Morticia feeling like she doesn't you know, relate to her mom, and then in the second one it's specifically like she doesn't relate to her whole family. More specifically, Gomez and Morticia. Okay. And so I was talking to one of my friends about it, and I was just like, she literally has the coolest parents in the world that just, like, foster her beliefs and, like, her interests so much. And my friend was just like, maybe she's just uncomfortable by the severe sexual tension that they bring to every interaction. Yeah. And I was like... I guess I would also be <laughs> uncomfortable, but if it's the only thing I've, I had ever known, like if my parents were always just like, hell yeah, brother, um, I, I would be like, I guess all parents are like that. Yeah. No, and I think that like, A, it does talk about like growing up in that household of being like, your parents very clearly are into each other like yeah dude it's a bit much at times and like i can understand that and i can see that and i think it's also just like i don't know the thought of your parents having sex is gross like i understand that's what made me but still i don't want to think about it and the story but i just kind of like wish as a society it wasn't though 
right? Like, I wish it wasn't gross. Like, you just thought about it or didn't think about it. Yeah. Uh, but, like, when the topic is raised, right? That's actually like, the if you didn't... point I was going to bring up. Like, yeah. my... Oh, sorry. My The household I grew up in, like, my parents very much, like, showed each other that they liked each other. And that was nice. Like, I, I have a good... I have not made a lot of great romantical choices in my life. Can confirm. Romantical. Romantic. I, I use the word romantical because it's just as terrible as some of my relationships. <laughs> Stop. But, like, I have not made perfect romance, romance choices. Um, but I've always had, like, a good foundation and a good base of, like, hi, here's two people that even after 25 years of marriage are still, like... I dig you. I fucking dig you. Like, you annoy the shit out of me sometimes, but also, I dig you. And I think that that's great. So, like, I never, like, I understand where people are like, oh, my parents. But at the same time, I'm like, no, my parents, like, I don't agree with all their choices in life. But at the same time, they gave me a great foundation of what a loving relationship looks like. Yeah, and he's been running know, from it ever since. <laughs> he's definitely. And I've been looking been for every toxic pills. woman who will destroy me ever since. Yeah, no, dude. So, do you think in a relationship, if we have them in like certain paradigms, right? Like the manic pixie girl and goblin line cook, or like witch and the swordsman, like, what do you think is your ideal? I. As I said, my ideal is Morticia and Gomez Adams. End of story. Okay. So, witch and so the that's Witch and Swordsman. But that's the Witch and the Swordsman. Like, but like, that, it's yeah. the Witch and the Swordsman with the most like goofy goblin energy attached to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the no, Witch and the Swordsman it. where like one of you're both eclectic and weird, on top of being the Witch and the Swordsman. Yeah, but like it's still within that paradigm, right? But, like you just tweak it slightly. Yeah, to, but I think I match. like that paradigm so much because it's like the swordsman. Like when you think of a swordsman, you think of that as like the role of the protector, and that gets kind of flipped on its head when you think about the idea of the witch and the swordsman more. Because it's like, yeah, like the swordsman's like the protector kind of deal, but also the witch definitely can take fucking care of herself. Like, you know? Yeah, well, like if you guys are in battle, right? Yeah. You know, the swordsman is probably going to be your tank and your first line of defense, but like the witch is going to be behind like casting range spells yeah like i think i like that dynamic so much because it's like yeah the swordsman does damage but also a strong female lead yeah i think if i had to pick i would go with the wish and the swordsman every time and maybe it's just because we're a bunch of fantasy nerds well i think it's also because i mean maybe zach's point makes a whole lot of sense right like i'm not looking for someone to be like, I'm not looking to protect someone all the time. Like, yeah, I think it's one of those things where, like, and I'm not looking for someone with completely chaotic energy at all times. So I like yes. the concept of, like, me being able to protect them when they need it and not when they don't. But also, like, the controlled chaos that is, like, just a witch. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I there's, think like, there's a also... touch of crazy, but it's not, like untenable and i also think that there's this in my mind with that dynamic there's this beautiful bit where it's like yes the witch can take care of herself but she chooses to have the swordsman with her 
because they work well together as a team. And the swordsman does the tanky protecting shit, and the witch also can take care of herself. But, like, in my mind, that's also, like, the witch is the one person that can literally go to the swordsman and be like, just take your fucking armor off for a night, sit by the fire, and chill, my dude. Yeah, you yeah, know, just like take a load off. Just take a load off, because like I also think of the swordsman, and like this is why I think I also resonate with it, because I feel like this in my own character of a person who's like the protector. I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna keep doing it until someone tells me I need to stop, because I don't have self control. <laughs> like, yeah, you... yeah, that makes sense. It's a balance. But I also yeah, think yeah. that like the concept of a fucking goblin line cook is. It's so good. It's so funny. It's like hilarious. It's so funny. Because I've known a lot of line cooks that radiate goblin energy. I, but I also yeah, I think that like as much as I love that I like this that saying, yeah. I think it's also terrible because I also think that the manic pixie dream girl is like the worst thing in the world. <laughs> like it's I mean is it is it the worst thing in the world to you because like it actually is, or is it because of like how it's portrayed? Like she is an unstable archetype. Because well, of I think how the it's word portrayed. I think the word manic kind of makes it. Yeah, but like tricky. I also think just like the idea of even if you got rid of the word manic, it's the pixie dream girl. Yeah, and at that point, it's like. I, I think that there's so much wrong with that statement right there. And again, I also think it's like portrayal in media has a big part of like, yeah, no, this does not. This, there's no way that this ends well with what you've set up. Like, And I think yeah, that the, I... the goblin line cook is like, it is the perfect pairing to that. Don't get me wrong. But A, I've known a lot of goblin people and I've known a lot of line cooks. <laughs> and I can tell you neither of them end well either. <laughs> no i mean like they're the toxic version of like the witch and the swordsman yeah right? like... Where, so like the the witch and swordsman are stable because they balance each other out because like in a way they are they they fill a void that the other doesn't have right. whereas the other pairing they're too much of the same energy. It's um, the 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 way, reason that the witch and the swordsman works is because they balance each other out. The reason that the yeah. pixie dream girl and the uh, line cook don't work is because they just egg each other on. Right. Yeah. They. It's too much it's, of like a. It's one a fully thing. toxic relationship. Yeah. Um. I. I was. There's this really good like spoken word. Uh, poem that I was listening to the other day that is actually called like Manic Pixie Dream Girl and the the girl who's saying it is just like I will be your Manic Pixie Dream Girl I will like you will adopt all of my bad habits and they'll become cool and like I'll have you listen to these records because you've never heard them um, but then like the end of the poem she's just like but in the end you kind of use me up and, like, I'm just a memory for you because, like, in the end, you can't really deal with me for a long-term thing mm -hmm. because, like, I'm not a real person to you. Yeah. I'm, like, an event. Yeah, I... And I thought that was interesting. So, I actually... I love this because I have a friend, and she is a wonderful poet, Katya Zinn. If you don't mm -hmm. 
follow her shit. You should follow her shit. I'm going to plug her shit right the fuck now because in fact you're I You're like here it is. I want her to come on it. I want her to come on this podcast for a a a, bon- a guest episode because she has a whole poem about a Zelda Fitzgerald that is phenomenal and how terrible Zelda Fitzgerald was treated. But she just released a book uh called Manic Depressive Pixie Dream Girl and it's a wonderful piece of literature. You should all go buy it. And so doesn't she also has like another bunch of like poetry books that are all great but it's like it is so good because in this book she talks about the manic depressive pixie dream girl and the sad boy protagonist and it's just so on point and it's like you look at it and you're like this is bad (laughs) this is bad (laughs) but in a like i love reading it but it's bad no, I get it. Like it is nice when someone actually hits the hail the hits the nail on the emotional head, right? You're just like, "Oh, you got it." Yeah. There it is. You got the you got the zeitgeist of a moment. Yeah, exactly. So yes, what I'm saying is go buy the book and also this relationship is toxic. <laughs> and with that, Megan, if you feel like counting us out, I will. Ready? 3 2 one planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.